Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. You get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. You get three magazines mailed to you before they hit newsstands, including our legendary summer edition. And you get a year of access to Dave Campbell's Texan Live, our streaming service where you can watch thousands of live Texas high school events, including hundreds of live Texas high school football games. It's all part of a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscription. Get your today at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Get on up with Dark and Bold from Community Coffee. Look for it at your local grocery or communitycoffee.com. Football season can get a little hectic from grabbing snacks for the tailgate to fueling your kids for practice. Experience drone delivery with Wing. Get fast, safe, and eco-friendly delivery in 30 minutes or less. Now in select neighborhoods in Dallas-Fort Worth. To see if Wing has landed in your neighborhood, visit wing.com slash Texas football. Hi, I'm Jennifer Potter, Executive Director of Be Well Texas. Too many people are struggling alone these days, and alcohol and drug deaths are increasing. We started Be Well Texas to offer high-quality, science-based addiction treatment and recovery services anywhere, virtually or in person. In many cases, there is no cost for treatment or medications if you don't have insurance. Really. Welcome to Be Well Texas. We're glad you're here. Visit BeWellTexas.org. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by BCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. So teams that are moving up, moving down. But again, what's interesting about UIL realignment is that you have these you have these uh, these changes in demographics that kind of match the way that the uh, the the uh, the districts or rather the the state population is moving as well. Uh, and so another thing we need to do is keep an eye uh, to refresh you on things that are going on in t- uh, as far as the state champions are concerned. Let's refresh what happened last we left Texas high school football in December at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, as you. See these were the way that that the state championships broke down and there are some notable teams that are going to be on the move as a result most especially when you take a look at uh, teams like uh, DeSoto DeSoto before last night it was a big question as to where they were going to go. They turned in a 5A Division Mm 1 number mm -hmm. but they announced last night that they will be opting up to Class 6A yeah, and there have been rumblings of DeSoto remaining in Class 6A despite the enrollment. They were they were being a little cheeky with it, kind of waiting until the last minute. Uh, we got a, a, a late Friday yeah. news drop, or late, not a Friday news drop, but a day before realignment news drop. 
uh, that, that came in and said DeSoto was indeed going to stay 6A. Uh, so that's the biggest news there for, for, the, for, the, for the defending state champions as far as in 6A. And then obviously in Class 4A, we talked about Anna and them moving up to uh, 5A Division 2. And then we mentioned Toller, who was a state runner-up, moving up to 3A Division 2. So uh, a, lot, a lot of movement with state champions, uh, especially with, like I said, DeSoto. Uh, they were the, the undisputed number one team in the state this year, so them dropping down would have been huge news. But instead, we're going to get DeSoto most likely, I think, remaining kind of with their uh, I-20 yeah. bunkmates there with Duncanville, Cedar Hill, Waxahachie, and also potentially Lancaster, yeah. who is moving up from Division One in 5A to Class 6A to make that district even tougher. I would say Lancaster makes a lot of sense to drop into 11-6A, right? Geographically, yeah. Lancaster's next door to DeSoto. They're right down the road from Duncanville and Cedar Hill. It makes a lot of sense for Lancaster to go in that district, but we all know the UIL will throw us a curveball occasionally, yes. so uh, that's always a possibility. Lancaster could get shifted east because they're the furthest east, yes. so there's always a curveball or two the UIL can throw at us. Yeah, everyone else should remain in the same to, uh, classifications at least, but we will find out what districts they're in, what regions they're in. We're going to find out here in about eight minutes here live at TexasFootball.com. As soon as the alignments go up on the UIL website, we're going to get them up on TexasFootball.com as quickly as possible. Uh, we've seen a ton of coaches around uh, from all, all around here. Oh yeah, it's uh, crazy. Uh, if you, if, I know the camera's not on us right now, but if you, if you look behind us, it is packed wall-to-wall -wall with coaches. There are hundreds of coaches and here. And what I love about this about this time of, of year and th this moment here is that you have these coaches who are used to wearing the headset and calling the plays and being in control, and right now, every one of them is helpless. Yeah, there's nothing they can do. <laughs> there's nothing. These football coaches in general like to be in charge, like they're, they're, they're alpha personalities, they're control freaks, and they can't do anything about it today. They are, they are completely at the mercy of the UIL as far as where they get placed. And like I said, Guys' careers and jobs are on the line. Yeah. There's no doubt that that after realignments come out, jobs are going to come open because guys are like, we, there's no way we can compete in that district. So there's always winners and losers. We'll talk about that later in the week in our overall analysis. There's always a few winners. There's always a few losers because the UIL can't make everyone happy. Texas is too big of a state. There's too many variables at play. Yeah. I mean, we say it every year, like, somebody's going to get their ox scored today. Yep, like, absolutely. Somebody's going to catch it on the chin. And, and as much as you can go on TexasFootball.com and see your mock realignments, in, in seven minutes, none of it matters. No. Because the UIL has the final, final say. You're usually like... Sometimes you, I'm right. Sometimes you know, you're right. It depends, yeah, yeah. But inevitably, invariably, there are going to be two or three things that come out in six, seven minutes on TexasFootball.com that nobody saw coming. Especially in this alignment, I think, because the last alignment was so quiet. Yeah. 2020-22 realignments were very much the same. There wasn't a lot of differences. So you feel like there's no way the UIL is going to keep status quo for three years. Yeah. I think if I was a betting man, I would say we're going to get some some, some shakeups. Yeah. And I think that's just part of the deal. And I think the UIL is going to shake things up because we've been very similar, especially in 6A, the last two alignments. Yeah, the 6A has been very static. It was quiet. Last very realignment quiet. was really quiet. Yeah, I was actually talking with uh, uh, Flower Mound coach Brian ba uh, Basil earlier, and, and it, he was we were talking about that, and he was like, yeah, I wonder if sometimes the UIL, and, and the UIL says, no, we just we draw the maps the way that the maps uh, make the most sense. But he said, you know, I wonder if the UIL shakes things up every once in a while just to shake them up. 
You yeah, know? I think so. I think I think it make it adds the excitement. Yeah. It makes things a little. You know, it's kind of boring if you play the same people year in and year out. Yeah. That kind of thing. I think I think it's it's fun to play different teams and have dis- different alignments, and it gives us a lot to talk about. So let's now look at some big questions that we've got going into twenty going into the next five minutes when we see the UIL realignment for the next two seasons. DeSoto, we got this question answered last yeah, night. We got that one UIL, answered. We had heard conflicting reports. DeSoto will stay in six. They will opt up to Class 6A and and play in 6A. Likely, in my opinion, likely to stay with a similar district. I mean, who knows? But, like, it makes a lot of sense. Um, Unfortunately, when you're that close to Duncanville, you're probably just going to play Duncanville. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So so we got that question answered. Uh, We thought – I told people if I was going to Texas high school football Vegas, I would put DeSoto in 6A. They stay in 6A as as we thought. Uh, So that, that won't shake things up too much. I think it had been more it, things would have been shaking up more if DeSoto would have dropped to five yes, eight. It really would have changed the landscape. So status quo there. Abilene, I, I'm fairly certain this question. I, I know the answer to this question because of El Paso Parkland opting up. Yes, El Paso Parkland opting up gives El Paso enough schools to have their own district out in West Texas, which means, in my opinion, Abilene will stay with Lubbock and Amarillo in West Texas, in a West Texas district, and not come east into the DFW Metroplex, which Abilene High would actually prefer. So these 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 middle two, right, Abilene and Lufkin, Lufkin is a team that is on an island. In 5A Division One. go look at where Lufkin is. They're the only 5A Division One team around them. And so mm-hmm. as a result, where do they go? We've seen them go everywhere. We've seen them go to the DFW Metroplex. We've seen them go southeast to teams like Port Arthur Memorial, things like that. Where does Lufkin land? That's a big question, and we'll find out in about four minutes. Yeah, they're on an island, and they've even gone to, like, College Station. They've been in the district of College Station and even consolidated before. Houston in Class 6A. Fascinating to see what they do there. 6A and 5A, I would loop in mm-hmm, as well, mm-hmm. because there's such population shifts and so much growth in the Houston area that there are in, in, invariably going to be very different looking districts in uh, Houston in the big school in the big school brackets 6a and 5a I think Houston's going to get an, a, a, a facelift what does it look like here in four minutes yeah a lot, lot of growth especially in 6a it's a lot of schools moving from 5a to 6a in the Houston area does Houston get an extra district or do they just have a lot more nine and, and maybe even a couple of 10 team districts I think 5a especially in 5a division two could look a lot different we could see a team like uh, Victoria, yeah. the Victoria schools go into Houston potentially, yeah. east and west, potentially could go into Houston to fill out a district. Make an announcement here. we got three minutes until realignment. It all of a sudden got real quiet in here. TexasFootball.com. And it's, 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 it's because of they're making an announcement and also because coaches are pretty nervous. Okay, 3A Division One, Region One. That is where Brock has dominated. They've been mm-hmm. the dominant force in 3A Division One, Region One. They're off to 4A. How does the 4A, 3A Division One, Region One look without a power like Brock? Yeah, I think it leaves a big power vacuum because Brock has dominated for so long in Class 3A Division One in Region One. I think it leaves a, a huge power vacuum. And also, I think for Brock, if you're a Brock fan, where does Brock end up? There's a duck, but Brock could go south, kind of with Glenrose in, in that district. They could go north up with Graham uh, in, in Burke Burnett into that district. So Brock could go a number of different ways as well. There's even a scenario Brock goes east into the Fort Worth area. So yeah. Brock's got a number of different directions they can go in addition to 3A Division One having that power vacuum. And then I put this at the bottom here because, uh, look, curveballs. Mm-hmm. We, we mentioned it. In two minutes, the alignments are going to be announced. 
And there are going to be things that we had ne we never would have seen coming. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. what are those? Who, and, and really, I hate to say, like, who catches the short end of the stick, but there's going to be some teams that are going to feel like, man, we got hit square in the jaw by the UIL. Yeah, they can't make everyone happy. There's always a couple of curveballs. I always try to predict a curveball or two when I do realignment, but really at that point, you're just you're, when I do a mock, really at that point, we're just throwing darts. We're just guessing where the curveball is going to go because there's always a curveball or two. And so I, I think... I think we're gonna we're gonna look at the alignments here in two or three minutes and be like, wow, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, we're we're about two minutes out. Hopefully the hopefully the UIL gets the uh, get the websites holding up good. Our websites holding up good, and hopefully we're doing okay. Uh, we are now one minute away from UIL realignment. We are simply. This is what's happening. We're refreshing the page on UILTexas.org, trying to see where, uh, where the, when these alignments come down. We will have it for you on TexasFootball.com. As soon as we have, we will have instant analysis, instant reaction. We will be joined by Dr. Jamie Harrison, the Deputy Director of the UIL, coming up here a little later in the show. But right now, this is nervous time. This yeah. is, you can feel the nerves coming up as we come up on 9 a.m. We are looking for when the UIL will post the realignments, and they are up. Boom, let's go. It is up on TexasFootball.com, or it's up on UILTexas.org, going up on TexasFootball.com, and we have breaking news. Hit the breaking news sounder, Greg Tucker. The, the University Interscholastic League has released the alignments for class 20, for class, all classifications in Texas high school football for the 2024 and 2025 seasons. They're up on UILTexas.org right now. They're going to be up on TexasFootball.com momentarily. I'm going to alert my team that they are up. And we have a ton to break down. They are up there. You see uh, coaches now milling about. And we are going to go right into our breakdown of the classifications and districts, starting with Class 6A. We take a look at what the changes are in Class 6A and what the big headlines are. We mentioned it yesterday to earlier. DeSoto will opt up to Class 6A. The two-time defending 6A Division two state champs will remain in 6A. That is one of the big headlines. We found that out last night. Absolutely, yeah. DeSoto stays in 6A. Uh, the district stays basically the same. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But DeSoto remains in 6A, in 11-6A, with basically the same district, with a couple of surprises we may talk about in a little while. Medina Valley, out of the San Antonio area, going west, way west, to Laredo to form a 17 district 36A. That is pretty notable. Hutto will flip across, across the bracket again. Remember, they were Region 2. Yeah. They're moving into 25-6A with Vandegrift. That is a big storyline there for the Hippos. Yeah, so for Medina Valley, I think from a competition standpoint, moving up to 6A, this is a good thing for them. I think they'll be able to compete well with the Laredo schools. Hutto moving to Region 4, I think for them it's it's a better playoff path because they're not having to play Duncanville, DeSoto at all in the first round of the playoffs. But a tougher district, the, the Leander Round Rock district is a tough district top to bottom, so it might be tougher to get into the playoffs, but an easier playoff route for the Hippos. Uh, you, we wondered how uh, you, uh, Houston was going to uh, sort out. How about Lamar I Consolidated ISD, Fulshire, Richmond Foster, and George Ranch get looped in with A-Leaf ISD. That's an interesting move. And then up in the DFW Metroplex, some big changes. Allen and McKinney will rejoin the Plano schools yep, after yep. a couple alignments away. Denton Geyer and Denton Braswell join the Louisville schools and Coppell. Yeah, Denton and Louisville have not been together in a long time. I predicted that alignment. I got that one right. That was one that I got. On, I hit on the, hit on the nose it. there. 
Allen and McKinney with Plano. Uh, that's a, that's an old school alignment that, that hadn't been the last four years, so it's good to see the Allen and Plano and McKinney schools all back together again uh, in, in that, that scenario. Uh, Lamar Consolidated and A-Leaf pairing together in Houston, I think that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a marriage of convenience with the size, you know, those, those big puzzle pieces fitting together. How about Euless Trinity and L.D. Bell shifting to District 4-6A to join South Lake Carroll and Northwest ISD? That's a pretty big change for the Trojans and the Blue Raiders. And then Longview and Forney move it land in District 10-6A. They're moving up from 5A Division 1. They land with Rockwall ISD and Tyler Legend. Legacy. Overall, 6A. The big news here, Mesquite ISD is gone from 10-6A. Wow. Mesquite and Mesquite Horn move west with DeSoto, Duncanville, Lancaster, Waxahachie. That's a tough draw for Mesquite Horn and Mesquite High to have to play in that brutal District 11-6A. There's going to be at least two, maybe even three really good teams that can't even make the playoffs because that district is so deep. To Class 5A we go. 5A Division One, where state finalist Smithson Valley returns to Region 4 where they will join Bernie Champion and San Antonio Piper in a district. Wow. Yeah, what a, what a brutal district that's going to be. Really tough in Region 4. Uh, Smithson Valley was in Region 3 the last two years. They, they move over to Region 4. Piper is the up-and-coming program in that area, so I think Smithson Valley, uh, that, that's a big news in Region 4 in 5A Division 1, reshaping that landscape. Wow, look at 7-5A Division 1. Highland Park sent all the way east to Lufkin, including a, a district that trip. includes Red Oak, Burleson Centennial, Joshua, Cleburne, all the way out to Tyler and Lufkin? So I think Highland Park would have rather traded the travel to Lufkin to not have been in a district like with less competitive yeah. schools. So I think for Highland Park, they don't mind the one trip to Lufkin in two years. The big loser here, Joshua. Oh. This is Joshua opts up to Division One, and they absolutely get hammered. Joshua's got to play Highland Park, Lufkin, Tyler, Midlothian, Red Oak, Burleson Centennial. A brutal draw for Joshua. That is their own doing because they opted up. What about 15-5A Division One? Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial and Corpus Christi Flower Bluff will now be in the same district as Valley Powers, PSJA North, and Eden and Westlaco East. Yeah, yeah, Corpus Christi Vets and Flower Bluff are kind of on an island. They were the only Division school One schools that were in the Corpus Christi area. Not a surprise they get sent to the Valley. There was a scenario they could have gone to Laredo, but I thought going to the Valley made a lot more sense for them. You mentioned we mentioned this. Abilene goes west to join Lubbock and the Amarillo schools. You saw that. You thought. That, that was pretty, uh, you know, pretty Yeah, we kind of thought that was going to happen. Once El Paso Parkland opted up, I thought Abilene going west with Lubbock and then north into Amarillo was a no-brainer. You can find all the alignments now on TexasFootball.com. If you check out every alignment, we've got them up on TexasFootball.com. Region 2, District 8 will be an Austin area district with Cedar Park and Georgetown. Lake Belton getting in that yeah. district too. So Region 2, District 8, last time was a Southeast Texas-Houston district. This time it's a Central Texas district. A little bit easier on the travel there. But uh, for Cedar Park, Georgetown, Lake Belton and Leander ISD, very tough being in 5A Division I Region 2. 5A Division I full of change. Let's go to 5A Division II where kaboom, an absolute bombshell. Five, defending 5A Division II state champion Port Natchez Groves flips side of the bracket That's, into Region I, 2 with South Oak Cliff, the team I they've played am, the last two years. I am stunned. We are going to get potentially South Oak Cliff and PNG in a regional final. I had there was no scenario in curveball. my mind 
that PNG was going to be in Region 2. And let me tell you, that district, Huntsville, Montgomery Lake Creek, Region 2 and 5A Division 2 is an absolute gauntlet because you've already got South Oak Cliff, Midlothian Heritage, Ennis, Texas High. Now you add in PNG, you add in a team like uh, Huntsville and Montgomery Lake Creek, Unbelievable. I am stunned that Port Natchez Groves is in Region 2. That unreal. That's a stunner. That is an absolute bombshell from the UIL. Speaking of Districts of Doom, 4-5A Division 2. Anna, the 4A Division 1 state champion, we knew they were moving up to 5A Division 2, right? How about in a district with state semifinalist Frisco Emerson, powerhouses Melissa and Lovejoy, who, by the way, is now coached by Todd Dodge. 4-5A Division 2. Big time loaded, big time depth, and also they're in Region One. That's that's the thing that nope that that, that kind of might fly under the radar here. They're in Region One, so they're going to go west in UIL realignment. Huge that 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 shifts the landscape immensely in 5A Division Two. Region One now has teams like Melissa Lovejoy, Anna Frisco Emerson. Region Two has PNG and Huntsville and Montgomery Lake Creek. What about on, what a bombshell? What about Liberty Hill? Liberty Hill moves out of Region 4, where they've called home for so long, into, in my opinion, a much more challenging Region 3. Yes, Region 3 is going to be a lot tougher for Liberty Hill, especially because even though you lose PNG, you lose Montgomery Lake Creek, you still got Fort Bend Marshall, you've still got an up-and-coming Richmond Randall program. Uh, so, so Region 3 is still going to be tough. Uh, Liberty Hill, geographically, made sense to go Region 3. San Antonio gets a, make, uh, an, uh, a, a, a facelift as well. 13-5A Division 2. How about Alamo Heights, which went from, I think, a, a, a non-competitive district into Bernie and San Antonio Veterans Memorial? That is a glow-up. Yeah, a lot better, lot better for Alamo Heights as far as their playoff run. In the last couple of years, they went undefeated in the regular season. As soon as they get into a playoff matchup, they, they kind of fell. I think they'll be more battle-tested uh, come playoff time. Two, how about 9-5A Division Two? Yeah, we talked about it. Fort, Fort Region ben, 3. Uh, Fort Bend Marshall, Iowa Colony, and Richmond Randall all piled into the same district. And geographically, it makes yeah. a t- ton of sense on the southwest part of Houston and the suburbs in Fort Bend County there and Brazoria County. Iowa Colony, an up-and-coming Class 4A program. I believe they went 12-1 and last year and lost to Chapel Hill in 4A. They're moving up, and they're only going to continue to improve. They're pulling from the same talent pool that Shadow Creek and Manville's pulled from. You can see all the alignments right now on TexasFootball.com. Every district for the next two seasons of Texas High School Football. We're live in Birdville breaking it down to Class 4A we go, where Division One Stephenville will make the move over to 4-4A Division One, join rival Brownwood in a district in Region 1. And how about the flip for Lane Passes, Burnett, and Marble Falls from Region 4 to Region 1? This has happened before. Four, but it hasn't happened since the 90s where teams like Burnett, Marble Falls, and Land Passes are in Region 1. So this historically there is some context here. It just hasn't happened in a long time. That Basically it's a 281 corridor district there. Uh, from Brownwood to Land Passes isn't that far. So it's more surprising that those schools are in Region 1. Uh, so that, that's going to be a tough district. Brownwood and Stephenville will be the favorites. But, you know, Land Passes, Burnett, Marble Falls, it's a five-team district also. So Finding non-district games will be tough. Speaking of regional switches, Decatur and Springtown swing over to Region Two in the same district. That that strikes me as losing the bat, winning the battle as far as a, an easier district. But the war is going to be tough because Region Two is going to be loaded. Yeah, yeah. Decatur and Springtown are with the full War schools, so th- they should control that district uh, pretty much. But the playoff path is going to be much, much tougher. 
Uh, we check out, as you take a look at uh, UIL realignment here, we're breaking it down on TexasFootball.com. Canyon West Plains, we move, this makes a lot of sense, moving up to 4A uh, Division One, they will join a tough panhandle district with the Canyon schools. To 4A Division Two. Quero moving over to Region 4 into a district with Sinton and Ingleside. You want to talk about an immediate, an immediate challenger to Wimberley. Yeah, so Quero moves into Region 4, and Wimberley gets that big challenge that, that they, they probably needed in Region 4. Quero is a Region 4 team. This was a two-year kind of experiment, them going into Region 3. Makes a lot more sense for them to go to Region 4. Quero's got to travel a little bit more in district, but I think their playoff path will be a little bit will, will be a little bit closer to home. How about 12-4A Division 2? We thought this was going to be the yeah. case. Uh, it's just like a, a, a collision of Central Texas powers who are all kind of cramming into 4A Division 2. you got China Spring, Lorena, and La Vega, all of whom have played for or won state championships in the last six years or so, all in the same district. Yeah, you know, China Spring, Lorena, La Vega, and then, you, you know, people forget Waco Conley's still in that yeah. district. They're a really good team as well. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a, a district of doom in Central Texas. Uh, there is a new, there's an article up on the front page of TexasFootball.com that says, that says every, here is every new 6A to 1A district. Uh, you can go and find all the all of them right there. I'll put them, I'll put it in yeah, the Yeah, they're in showing the them. For if, if you I'll can't put, pull it up on the website, I'm not sure right what's now. going on. Maybe we'll try to refresh okay. your page. Uh, Brock, we wondered where they were going to go. They land in a six-team district with Graham and Mineral. Wells. I know that uh, Coach Billy Mathis told me he was hoping to land into a big district, seven or eight. Instead, he's going to go searching for uh, for a non-district game and uh, yeah, maybe hard to find. Week five might be tough to find. Uh, you know, I think geographically it makes sense for Brock to go with Graham and Mineral Wells. They're the closest schools to them. Uh, it'll be a tough district for them. Graham and Brock should be some really good district battles. Let's go to 3A. Class 3A, we're going to see uh, overall. How about Malakoff now going east? Remember, they were kind of paired with DFW powers, but they go east to defending champs to join a district with Winsboro and Mount Vernon. They break up with a team like Grandview. So I would say for Grandview, well, you know, that's not necessarily all bad. Yeah, they're still in Region 2. Grandview and Malakoff are still in Region 2, so they could still potentially play uh, in the postseason. But I think for Malakoff, I think this is bad news for Winsboro and Mount yeah. Vernon having a, a loaded Malakoff team that returns a ton being in their district. Malakoff uh, right now in 3A Division One is probably one of the favorites to uh, a favorite to repeat as a state champion. We wondered Region One of 3A Division One without Brock what it would look like. How about Sweetwater, Jim Ned, Comanche, and Clyde in an absolute district of doom? You want to talk about another realignment loser, the Comanche Indians? Oh man, they they they're just barely in Division One by like five kids. And they get thrown into this district. What a meat grinder 3-3A Division One is. Couple that's notable be, region that's changes. Be Couple notable region changes. Teague, uh, Whitesboro. Teague moves to Region Three. Whitesboro moves to Region Two. Fairfield over to Region Three. Pilot Point to Region Two. Basically, if you're on that I-35 corridor yeah, kind of way, flipped. it's like you can yeah. you can go every which way. Yeah. Uh, if you're in the center of the bullseye, that means you can go a variety of different ways. Pi Pilot Point, another big winner. Pilot Point has really struggled the past couple of years. They get placed, I think, into a favorable district with Dallas ISD and some of the charter schools. Could be a real chance for Pilot Point to kind of reestablish themselves. Let's go to uh, Division Two. Uh, I would say the big headline here is probably down south. Blanco and Thrall, newcomers to 3A Division Two in a district with Lexington and Rogers. That's the deepest district in 3A Division that's Two. A, that's a loaded district. Thrall's a good 2A team moving up. Blanco, a regional finalist in Division One last year, moving down. I think Blanco's going to challenge a team like Todd Haven Industrial uh, and Poth for the regional title in, in 3A Division Two, Region Four. Uh, speak, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, we got it. Uh, uh, 
the state finalist Toller uh, moves over to 5A three uh, uh, A Division two with Eastland and Early. I would say that's a pretty soft landing for them overall. Uh, you know, Eastland's no no uh, no uh, picnic, but uh, keep an eye on Toller and then Vanderbilt Industrial uh, gets it will uh, be joining three A Division two with Tidehaven and East Bernard. South Texas got a churn. Three I would say three A is pretty. Chalky overall? Yeah, 3A. We, uh, 3A, I, I think looking at it, I think I, we would agree that it, it was uh, it was it's basically a, a kind of a chalky. Not a ton of huge surprises here because we already knew about the classification changes. Uh, let's take a look now at Class 2A. Class 2A, uh, the changes there. Region 1 in Division 1 gets a reload. We knew Sunray was on the way up, and they will join District 1, 2A, Division 1. New home in Abernathy in the district with Post and 2A, 2A Division 1. Yeah, basically Sunray and Stratford are basically flipping places in, uh, from Division 1, Division 2. Uh, New home, we knew they were moving up. They were a power, fast-growing school on the southern edge there at the Lubbock uh, metro area that's growing uh, rapidly. Uh, Central Texas on the move, not a surprise. Marlin and Crawford flip sides of the bracket from Region 2 to Region 4 into District 13, 2A Division 1. Those are teams that have been very good recently. That mm -hmm. They could have a big impact on the way that Region 4 shakes out. Because remember, that means they're going to go into, and speaking of Region 4, San Saba moves into Region 4. Mason, Holland, and Johnson City. Shiner drops out, but it feels like Region two, or Region four of two A Division one, at least stayed the same. Yeah, for for the last few years, it's been basically for the for the last few years in region in Region four and two A Division one, you've had Refurio and Shiner, and then last year was kind of Refurio and Ganado. I think obviously you lose Shiner to Division two, but overall Region four is a lot tougher. Yeah, because you got Ganado who brings a lot back. Refurio's Refurio, but adding Marlin Crawford. Especially Marlin and Crawford. San Saba's had some struggles the past couple of years, but Mason's back on the rise again. They had a good year last year, and you add a team like Marlin and a team like uh, Crawford, who have been perennially good. Especially Marlin with their athleticism, I think that makes the Region Four race in Two A Division One a lot more interesting. To 2A Division 2 we go, the smallest 11-man classification. Uh, we take a look at that. How about 10 2A Division 1? Mart is now in a district with the team they played in the semifinals, Chilton, as well as perennial power Bremond, a, a real, real step up in competition in district for Mart. So Mart, even even though their long, losing, their long district winning streak is in more jeopardy now than it's ever been, I think this is a good thing for Mart to get that tough competition inside a district play that they've really lacked. If you're Chilton, you're like, dang, I'm, I'm kind of, yeah. we got to play these guys in district and then potentially could have to play him again in a regional final if if the brackets worked out better. So I think I think overall makes Region 3 a lot tougher in 2A Division 2, a lot more interesting in, in the regular season. Some big movement in the panhandle as Wellington moves over to Region 2, uh, which is very interesting, and drop down Stratford and Farwell land with Groover in 1-2A Division 2. It's going to be a new look Region 1. It feels like in 2A Division 2, Region 1, Region 2, that District 4 and 5 yeah. flip-flop. Yeah. So so the Wink District is now in Region 1. It was in Region 2 last time. This time you flip-flop it. Wellington, I think in 2020, Wellington was into it, was in 2A Division 2. This time you flip-flop it, and now you got, you've got um, Wink in Region 1. And then, of course, all eyes were on Shiner. Of course, a perennial mm -hmm. power dropping down to 2A Division 2. Well, they dropped down to 2A Division 2, but they're going to deal with Fall City in District. So you want to talk about like Ooh, uh, that's an old rivalry, a hard landing, and a fun rivalry renewed. Yeah, it's it's it, it, uh, talking to folks in that part of the state. Fall City and Shiner used to play a lot, and they had a good rivalry going for a long time. They're back playing each other, uh, so that's, that's a good thing. But it's tough for Fall City. 
Let's take a look at 1A. Uh, in, in 1A, uh, I, I'll go through this real quickly. A lot of regional movement here. Defending champion Gordon changes regions. They move over to region from region three to region four. It's a region one reload. Borden County, Whiteface, Rankin, and Buena Vista all pile in to region one. And Knox City moves over to region two. Erion County flipping over sides of the bracket to region two as well. Very interesting uh, there in 1A division one, an, an upheaval in six-man football. Uh, per usual is something we tend to, to, to expect whenever realignment comes along. And then Division Two state finalist Oglesby moves from Region 3 to Region 4 as well. Perennial power Balmeray always on that Region 1, Region 2 line. They will shift back over to Region 2. And then some bracket flippers. Strawn and Throckmorton. I believe Strawn flipped sides of the bracket last realignment. They're back into Region 3 from Region 2. And then Lorraine, who was a powerhouse uh, from Region 3 to Region, will move from Region 3 to Region 2. They will change sides of the bracket as well. We're breaking it all down here. Uh, you can go to texasfootball.com and see all the new districts for the next two seasons of UIL realignment, UIL Texas High School football here on texasfootball.com. We're so glad you're joining us here on texasfootball.com. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. If you go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe, there's never been a better time to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. A year's worth of exclusive online content at texasfootball.com. You get a year of access to Dave Campbell's Texan Live, where you can stream thousands of UIL or thousands of Texas high school events, including hundreds and hundreds of Texas high school football games and hundreds of Texas high school football playoff games live on texasfootball.com. You also get exclusive online content and our legendary summer edition mailed to you directly. The summer edition mailed to you directly. Don't wait for it to hit store shelves. Get it early before it hits store shelves if you go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Coming up here in just a moment, we've got big name guests reacting to UIL realignment. But first, a word from our partners. I'm Jennifer Potter, Executive Director of Be Well Texas. Too many people are struggling alone these days and alcohol and drug deaths are increasing. We started Be Well Texas to offer high quality, science-based addiction treatment and recovery services anywhere, even at home. We provide compassionate, caring support virtually or in person. In many cases, there is no cost for treatment if you don't have insurance, really. Welcome to Be Well Texas, we're glad you're here. Wing is the largest residential drone delivery provider in the world, delivering to your home in less than 30 minutes. Order using an app just like other popular delivery services, and Wing's automated drone takes care of the rest. It's fast, safe, and sustainable, and it's now delivering to parts of Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. You can learn more at wing.com slash texasfootball. Again, that's wing.com slash texasfootball. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. 
It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 855- Go VCR now. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 Go VCR now. Back here live at the Birdville Fine Arts and Athletic Complex here in North Richlands Hills for the Texas Football Today UIL Realignment Special. I'm Greg Tepper. You can go to texasfootball.com right now and find every district up for the next two seasons of Texas high school football. You can also Go on textwall.com and find my 10 quick thoughts on UIL realignment. There's a lot to break down. We're going to spend the next uh, hour or so breaking it down as well as getting big name guests here at Texas, uh, here on the, the Texas Football Today UIL realignment show. Uh, we're tracking down some coaches here to get them live. Uh, Pickle's joining us now. Hi, Pickle. Hey, how's it going? I don't have a camera, but I am here. I guess Pickle you know is here. We're back, baby. We've never been more back. Uh, Huge seismic things. I would say that the biggest storyline for me would be, I think, bombshells PNG. PNG moving to Region 2 into a region with South Oak Cliff. That, to me, is your bombshell. I think that is the biggest bombshell uh, out there uh, in UIL realignment. Uh, I think you take a look at some of the districts of doom. That's Central Texas District and 4A Division II with China Spring, Lorena, uh, 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 let's see, China Spring, Lorena, La Vega. Uh, you add in Waco Connolly. Brutal stuff. We didn't even mention this. Oh, we, only, we glossed over it. You take a look at 4-5A Division II. Anna, Lovejoy, Melissa, Frisco Emerson, all piled into the same district. It is going to be wild out there. You get some rivalries renewed. Shiner and Fall City back in a district for the uh, at, uh, same time. Brownwood and Stephenville will be a district game, which personally, in my opinion, I love to see. Well, and that's that right there is like the highlight of Texas high school football, too, is just being able to say, oh, my gosh, think about those two communities going at each other. With two ho- coaches that were obviously – previous alums of those schools. Yes, absolutely. That's that's fantastic stuff. You know, I talked with Sterling Doty, the head coach at Stephenville. He's here, and I asked him, would you rather go to Region 1? And he's like, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, we'll play whoever's in front of you. You know, there's there's tough teams everywhere. You're not going to duck anybody in Texas high school football, but certainly something to keep an eye on. Uh, I would also say you take a look at the way that Houston broke down in the big school ranks. Very interesting the way that, that they drew that up as far as uh, lumping in. Uh, you see Pearland, in, uh, the Pearland ISD teams in the same district as the uh, uh, Alvin ISD team. So Manville moving up to 6A. They will deal with Pearland and Pearland Dawson as well as Alvin Shadow Creek as well. A brutal, brutal district down there in the Houston area. We mentioned it earlier. Mart, you want to talk about getting a big-time test in district for the first time what feels like a long time. Remember, they haven't lost a district game since 2015. They will now be in a district with Chilton, who they played in the semifinal last year, and Bremont. That is very interesting. Uh, you're going to look at 7-5A Division One and be like, whoa, 
holy cow, what a swath. If you look at it on a map, it is going to be wild. When you take a look at Sweat stretching all the way from Joshua, south of Fort Worth, to Lufkin, and including teams like Midlothian, Red Oak, and Highland Park along the way, my goodness, a big, wide-ranging district. You take a look at what happened in Corpus Christi with Corpus Christi Flower Bluff and Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. We knew they were moving down to 5A Division II. They get lumped in with North or South, North or South. They get lumped in with Valley Towers, PSJA North, and Westlaco East. It is fascinating stuff here. UIL realignment, always very interesting. And one of the guys who drew it all up, at least had a big hand in it, we're joined by the Deputy Director of the University Interscholastic League, Dr. Jamie Harrison, joining us now. Dr. Harrison, uh, how's, your, how's your pulse? You know, uh, right now it's pretty good, Greg. The website went up <laughs> at 9 o'clock, actually a few seconds early. It's managing the traffic. Um, and so the first real stress point, we're, we're over. So I'm, I'm doing a little better than I was a few minutes ago. Uh, it's absolutely, uh, you know, I know it's, there's so much work that goes into it. I want to ask you a little bit about the challenges of this year's alignment. Every realignment is different, but, but with this particular alignment, what was challenging about it? Well, so it depends on the map we're looking at, mm -hmm. right? Um, each, each map has its own challenges. Uh, you start in the larger conferences, um, you know, 6A in the Houston area where you have all of those schools right on top of each other. Um, almost all, if not all of those ISDs have multiple high schools. So by rule, though, those schools have to be together. So trying to find the, uh, the you know, how these three that have to stay together pair up with another four or another five or another six and just figuring that puzzle out to try to balance out the district sizes as best we could it was a was a real challenge on the 6a map and obviously on any map west of i-35 uh can be can be a real challenge um that's where you'll see some much smaller districts uh just because of the travel involved um it, well, dr dr jamie harrison the deputy director of the uil uh Dr. Harrison, this year's alignment, I'm, I'm interested in how it maybe was was different from past year's alignments. I, I, I think people may think, oh, like, they just take the numbers and it's the same process every year. But I know you guys are always tweaking. How was this year different? Well, um, it, this year wasn't terribly different um, than in previous years. Um, for the last couple of alignments, uh, you know, we've really reached out to schools, given them opportunities to communicate with us what they think works best for them, um, offer input, and we offer no promises other than our best effort. Uh, but we, we did more of that this alignment than we ever have. Uh, really talking to uh, athletic directors and superintendents and coaches um, from around the state about what might be better for their particular school, especially in those areas that have the, the travel burdens. Um, and I think you see more of their input reflected in this final product we released today than, than you've ever seen before. Um, we, we keep every piece of input. Uh, actually, we print a hard copy and keep it in a notebook and we go through every page of that as we finalize these alignments. And virtually all of the input was, uh, well, all of the input was incorporated. Not in every case could we give them everything that they were asking for, but they were all at least partially granted. Um, and so I think you just see a lot more of a collaborative effort, so to speak. Well, we're still responsible for the maps. I want to be very clear about that. Uh, but you see a lot more input from schools reflected in these final releases. Dr. Harrison, one one I had, you know, this is 
you mentioned it a little bit earlier. I think there's this kind of misconception that the UIL is just kind of like this big authority figure that lords over everybody and just says, decrees, here is the alignment. Can, we've talked uh, uh, you know, off air about this, about all the co communication and the conversations that you have with athletic director. Can you kind of talk a little bit about those conversations and that communication you have with schools so that maybe they're, they're not necessarily blindsided by what they see today? Yeah, it looks that that communication looks different in different cases. You know, we, we have some schools who literally will just send an email and say, this is the district we would like to be. In. And they basically do their own little version of alignment, at least for their for their little area. Um, but we, we obviously have to hold back all of the information that has to be kept confidential. But the release of the conferences early um, in December has really opened up the opportunity for even more conversation because there are schools who, who know where they are on the map. They, they know who the schools in the conference are. They know where all of them are located on the map. So they know well, we could either go east or we could go west or we could go north or we could go south. We're kind of in the middle. And so it gives us an opportunity without giving away anything um, to hear from them about, you know, this really works better for us. And we get that from... 1A through 6A, we, you know, and everywhere in between. And again, we, we absolutely do uh, go through an, ex an exerted effort to talk to those schools who are facing, you know, extreme travel. In most cases, that's, you know, West Texas, west of the I-35 corridor, not in all cases. Uh, you know, we've got some, um, uh, some South Texas travel issues, too. So, you know, reaching out to those schools, talking to them about, you know, you kind of know which directions you could go. Tell us what works best for you. What, what roads are easier to travel? What do you feel is safer? What just fits your school better? And again, I think you see more of that reflected in what we've released today than you've ever seen before. So there's a ton of input from schools that goes into these final decisions. He's Dr. Jamie Harrison. He's the Deputy Director of the UIL. Dr. Harrison, we know today's a busy day. I'm sure your phone is, uh, is blowing up. Uh, but we certainly appreciate you taking a little bit of time. Uh, and, and congratulations on another successful alignment. Thank you. Really appreciate you guys and appreciate all the coverage. Absolutely. There goes Dr. Jamie Harrison, the Deputy Director of the UIL, joining us here on Texas Football. Today, our UIL realignment special live here in Birdville. We are live here in Birdville where there's just coaches, you know, there's luminaries just uh, milling about. Let's see if we can just grab somebody at random, Pickle. Let's see if we can just find anybody. Oh, my goodness. We are pleased to be joined by the new head coach of the Lovejoy Leopards, Coach Todd Dodge. Coach? What do you think, Ted? <laughs> what do you think? Um, Hi, Ashley, how you doing? Good, how are you? There we good. go, we'll fix that mic there for have you. you ever, have you ever worn a headset before? No, it's been two years. <laughs> I forgot how. You forgot Her, how. Retirement hit. You, you, <laughs> mentioned, you, know, you mentioned it. it. It's been two years since you've been on the sideline. You retired for two years. Um, you're back on the sideline now with the Lovejoy Leopards. Plain and simple, yeah. as simple as it gets. What brought you back? Just wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I just I, I'm come to the conclusion that I'm ready. Uh, still got the uh, the gas in the tank, so to speak, all the deal. And uh, went to watch Riley's teams play this fall. Uh, went to watch a little bit of Tony's Shaps play. Went to watch Klubnik uh, play. Went to watch Great House play. Went to Pullman, Washington. I just, I've been I've, I've been traveling, but it's all been around football. You know, I guess I just can't get away from it. And um, Elizabeth and I knew that we would be moving back up to the DFW area, whether or not I coached again or, or not. And um, then all of a sudden, um, I, I came to the realization I wanted to. Mm -hmm. 
So we're, hope, we're hoping that a 5A or 4A job within about a 90-mile radius of the Dallas-Fort Worth area may come open in this cycle. And all of a sudden, uh, early January, it popped, and I, I was very interested in it. And I've been busy with uh, uh, Katie Cordell, the uh, just I can't say enough about her, the superintendent at, at Lovejoy. She, you talk about a rock star. She's been awesome. Her process, the, uh, how quickly it went. I really appreciate that, and uh, I'm just thrilled to be back. Uh, Lovejoy in particular. Um, you know, Todd Dodge, wants to co a guy with seven state championships, wants to coach. I'm sure that there are a lot of other schools that would love to have your services. What was it about Lovejoy in particular? Obviously, geography part of it, yep. but, but what about it uh, interests you? Well, I have, you know, I think probably like a lot of people, but I have, uh, I guess, admired their work from afar for for quite some time. I saw when it, 2005, 2006, about when they got started. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, it, it always kind of looked like it was kind of a, a break off from Allen, you know, maybe uh, some, um, but it sits out there right by its edge. It kind of feels country a little bit. Uh, it's a one high school gig. It, you know, it's definitely a vertical alignment with all the way up. There, Everybody's the Leopards. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of Southlake about 1995, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um, and then the location. Um, where it is, I mean, it's, I mean, I told you if you if you if you believe in prayer, believe the good good Lord's going to answer your prayers. Uh, Lisbon and I could not turn our back on this one because this is right there in the Collin County corridor in that area. If we want to coach again, and it it worked out. So um, I've been drinking from a fire hose a little bit over the last <laughs> uh, three days, but it's been good. Um, your uh, the UIL has a welcome back gift for you. Yep. It's District 4, 5A, Division 2. You get a state semifinalist in Frisco Emerson. You get a state champion in, in Anna. You get a perennial power in Melissa. I'm, I'm curious, when, when the draw went up and, and yep. you saw your uh, your alignment, what was your reaction? Well, I really wasn't surprised because oh, I, I didn't really try to get a whole lot into it the last two days. I've been spending so much time around trying to get around players and coaches. But I, I have had some people share with me the, uh, the guesses, so to mm -hmm. speak. And it looked like that was one that was uh, was permeating about, and we already actually had already had some coaches reach out to me from from these districts to get together. So I was kind of expecting it, um, and yes, it is. <laughs> uh, you get away from Lake Travis, and, yeah. and then it's like, okay, well, how about this? Yeah, no, it's uh, unbelievable competition. We're gonna we're gonna play Lubbock Cooper uh, week one, play Highland Park week two, <laughs> and then get into that district. So. Uh, if I'd have known for sure I was going to be in that district, I may have done a little bit different in the non-district. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. I'll be honest with you. I didn't have a whole lot to do with the non-district. I let the previous staff. They had it going when I got here. I guess I could have opted out, so to speak. But I said, you know, uh, I know how probably it's been for Lovejoy. You don't. It's, it's tough to get non-district games. So. I said, let's roll. Yeah, you're used to uh, realignment day. People not like, not look. No, no, no. I'm not yeah. here. Um, and I'm curious. You know, you've been around uh, a, a lot. Of, you've done a lot of realignment days. Uh, I'm not calling you old. That's just a, okay. a fact. Uh, <laughs> Probably the oldest guy in here. Um, how has the has the feeling of realignment day changed for you at all? Like, like no. when you think back early early on, is it the same feeling? Well, I tell you, it's interesting. On the way to work this morning, I was thinking, when's the last time you were at one of these in the DFW area? So. It's been 18 years since I've coached high school football in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I guess that's right, yeah. Because the last one that I w went to was February 2006 here yeah. when I was going into my last year. Riley was my junior quarterback going into our last year together. <laughs> uh, and it, it, 
it, it's, it seems like the same. There weren't any QR codes at the time. <laughs> most of the most of the communication about it, do you need a game or not, was on a whiteboard, mm-hmm. you know, not up on a screen. But other than that, you know, you simultaneously have, you know, 500 grown men look up in the air and keep their head up there mm-hmm. for a while, or they're looking down into their packet. So it got so quiet. That's the oh, that's no. the quietest I I've ever love, heard yeah. this many men be. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was a little uh, I was a little rusty because I was looking up. And I, what, nothing was happening, and everybody else was on their cell phones finding out. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, of course, that's not a surprise to my family that I'm behind on technology. Now, I, I do have to ask you one more question, which is about about your boss, yep. uh, Elizabeth. Um, you decided to get back in, uh, in, into the coaching world. How much of it was, because we have a theory working at Dave Campbell's Texas Football about her kicking you out of the house. Yep. Is that is that at least part of it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that's got a whole lot to do with it, to be honest with you. And she, and I always tell people all the time that Elizabeth's been in the industry longer than I have. Mm-hmm. She was born into it. She loves high school football. She loves being a coach's wife. She loves having her little team of coaches' wives. And I don't know who's more fired up, her or me. I'm, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty fired up about it. Todd Dodge, head coach of Lovejoy Leopards. Coach, we appreciate it. Congratulations again on the new game. I appreciate you all having me on. Absolutely. Thanks, Coach. Welcome back. Todd Dodge, the head coach of the Lovejoy Leopards, joining us here. I've been in your home. At the Birdville. Oh, he's saying he's been in Lano. Wow. Uh, been here at the Birdville ISC Athletic, Fine Arts and Athletic Complex here. The live UIL realignment special live here at uh, here. Uh, we're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. I want to encourage people one more time to subscribe. If you go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe, you can become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. You get three magazines, including our legendary summer edition, mailed directly to you before it hits newsstands. You get a year of exclusive online content at texasfootball.com. Plus, you get uh, a year of access at Dave Campbell's Texan Live. Live streaming games year-round, pretty much every sport as well. You go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe. All that for a, uh, a honestly, a, a, a criminally low price. Yes. Makes a great gift as well. What's a holiday come? Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Get your wife. Get your, get your significant. Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Get your significant other. Yeah. Sub- the gift of football. Uh, I'm sure it'll go over well. Go to texasfootball.com <laughs> slash subscribe. The to become flowers Dave Campbell's. out. Dave Campbell's <laughs> subscription in. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we mentioned that we're here at the Birdville Fine Arts and Athletic Complex here in North Richland Hills, uh, joined by a number of coaches around here. One of the guys who was watching the screen very intently is the head coach of the now 4A Brock Eagles. We're joined by Coach Billy Mathis. Coach, how are you? Man, I'm just excited to be here. Um, I always tell everybody it's kind of like the Fort Worth, I mean, the New York Stock Exchange, oh, yeah. this whole deal goes on. So, you know, looking at the new district, we're, we're excited. We're excited for the challenge of 4A. So. You mentioned to me earlier in confidence off the record and said, please don't broadcast this. You told me <laughs> that you were kind of nervous coming into today. Um, now that realignment's out, how are you feeling? You know, you're always just, just anxious about everything, you know, about how many non-district games you're going to have to find, right? That's always the toughest thing in the world to do. You know, and just – Uncharted territories, and you know we tried to do a good job the last couple of years. You know, scheduling some 4A schools and non-district and all that. So, you know, we're excited about the district. We're excited about the possibilities. Um, so, yeah. So you were dropped into a 16 district. Yes, sir. Is it fair to say you were maybe scrambling for one more non-district game while you were here? You were looking. You were shopping. Yes. You were a shopper. We did. Um, how many people were trying to avoid your gaze? <laughs> 
<laughs> How many people are like, no, 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 no? I don't know. I've, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're pretty lucky where we're at for yeah. sure. But, um, man, everybody's been great. Mm-hmm. You know, excited to get in with the new coaches here in the district and get to know them. So, you know, the, the, the challenge is what it is. Yep. And, you know, we're going to be ready, and I, I know everybody else will. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit about the, the move to 4A. You know, this is not a surprise. You knew you were moving up to 4A uh, b- before today. What do, you, what do you look at as the challenges or even the differences between, because you're playing elite level 3A Division I football, yes, and now you're going to go play, you know, 4A Division II. It's a, it's a you know, larger enrollment, obviously, but, but how do you kind of separate 3A Division I from 4A Division II? You know, you just, a lot of different ways. So one of the things that people don't think about is really our, like, middle school stuff, right? Because in 3A, our middle schools played the same districts. 4A's, a lot of them don't because of the districts being split up. So, you know, get into a, into a middle school um, group to, to play with your middle schools. You know, that's always a challenge. But just, you know, the travel and everything else that goes on, and you know, just mm-hmm. the teams are good. And yeah. just having a bunch of not being familiar with a lot of guys, right? I'm a creature of habit, and <laughs> not having that habit down anymore is um, – nerve-wracking. Well, that's the thing. Good football is good football. You Absolutely. know what I mean? And, and, and you're going to be playing good football. You know, we, we, we talked about you know last year. You guys make it to the state semifinals. You, you lose a heartbreaker to eventual state champion Malakoff. I know the standards at Brock are so high. They're so high. Now that you've had some time to assess you know, what happened in 2023, how do you, how do you assess what you guys were able to do in 2023? I thought it was a, it was an amazing it was an amazing year. Had a great group of seniors that have been playing. You know, a lot of them been starting for you know three years. So, and, and it's one of those times. You know, you talk to coaches all the time. There's sometimes there's just have those games. That game against Malakoff. Malakoff was an unbelievable team, and they deserve to win. And, you know, we use that as fire through off season. Every morning we get up and we're in that weight room and we're out there on that track running. You know, I remind them of the feeling they had. At the end of that game when the buzzer went off and everybody's hearts broke, what's going to drive you to go and not let this happen again? And we know, you know, we're in Region 1, and we know the teams that are tough out there. And you look at Region 2, and, you know, you got the big dogs over there in Region sure. 2. And you've got to be able to go and, and have that opportunity. You pray for that opportunity, too. So, you know, very thankful that we even had that opportunity because I know people all the time say, man, teams would kill just to get to the semis, mm-hmm. right? And they would. Once you're there, right, it, you know, same thing with the state championship. You know, there's never a – you just can't imagine not being there again. You don't, you don't use the word greedy, but, like, no. let's get greedy. You know what I mean? Like, like we're here. Might as well win the stinking thing. If we're going to do it, let's do it. Let's, let's do win it. the whole thing. And, and I'm always curious with coaches with situations like that. I think there's two ways to go about it, and I don't think it's a right or wrong way, of we're going to remind you of how this felt all the time, or we're going to watch the tape. And ball it up, throw it in the trash. And it seems like you guys are using this as fuel. So you, you do, it's kind of that happy medium, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to just dwell on it. Yeah. So we don't dwell on it, but we use it as a fire. Yeah. Absolutely. So you want to go in there and say, these are the things that happened, right? We can't do anything about it except now get better and make sure that they don't happen again. He's Billy Mathis. He's the head coach of the 4-4-A division. 4-3-4-A. 3-4-A. 3-4-A division two bound Brock Eagles. Uh, Graham, Texas, they're coming to your town maybe. I don't know, either this year or next year. We're doing that right now, trying to figure out home and away and all that. That's the fun part. He's got more important things to do than talk with <laughs> me. Coach, it's an good honor. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you all good so much. Good to see you. Take, take care. Yes, sir.
Billy Mathis, head coach of the Brock Eagles, join us here on Texas Football Today, our UIL realignment show here live at Birdville ISD. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Billy Mathis has left. Here's a man who has who knows. Oh, it's Todd Dodge's phone. I'm, I have Todd Dodge's cell phone. Oh, hey, Mallory. <laughs> hey, Mallory, can you give Coach Dodge his cell phone? <laughs> can you give Todd Dodge his cell phone? This is great. He's this right is there. live television, folks. <laughs> yeah. This is live He's television. Right over there. Hey, he, he told us on the program, technology is not his not strong, strong suit. suit. Yeah. He said there weren't he any QR codes. He probably left that thing there on purpose. Uh, back here, joined by a man who knows significantly less football than Todd Dodge and Billy Mathis. It's Matt Staff. All true statements. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about realignment. We're going to dig in a little bit into uh, – uh, let's talk a little bit of, of – of, we'll go big, school, big schools first. 6A. We talked a little bit about it. Um, we didn't. One thing I think is interesting is you dig down deep. One thing that I'm paying attention to, and I know you are too, the size of districts, mm -hmm. the number mm -hmm. of schools and districts, and there are a couple of districts out there that catch your eye. We knew it was likely to be a little Southwest Conference District two, two sure, six A. Sure. That stays the same. Oh, you know the Midland and Odessa schools, San Angelo Central, Friendship, etc. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. not a surprise. That's no. sixteen district probably forever. Until one of them drops a five. Until end. friendship opens that second high school in 2026. Exactly. And we'll see what happens. But I look on the other end of it. To yes. 31 and 32 6A. Mm-hmm. There's mm -hmm. some, that, that is. I'm shocked. Kind of shocking. Yeah. Because we thought, we thought the, the, uh, the South Texas, the Laredo Valley schools would get kind of packed into two districts. Instead, the UIL keeps them in three districts. And we had in the Valley a five. I. I it's, when's it's the last time a, we saw five? It's been a long time. I don't know if we, it's been a while since we've seen a five-team district in, in the state's largest classification. Yeah, I know there was a four-team district a while back with uh, with with John Tyler, Tyler Lee. At the time, it was John Tyler, Tyler Lee, Longview, and uh, Lufkin, I believe, were that were in, in a four-team district at one point. A five. I don't know if these schools are going to be able to get six non-district games. Yeah, I don't, it's going to be really tough. They might. They might. There may be two buys. Like they're they're really like yeah. there's a, cha there's chance, a chance of a nine, nine teams. games because there's just not a lot of teams. Yeah, because you can play one not because you know, thirty-one six A is a sixteen district. So you would feel like the problem with pairing up and playing that late in the season is those are also potential by district opponents. Yeah, coaches are a little hesitant to play a by district opponent that late in the year. They, they might be okay playing week one or week two, but we're talking week six. That's tough. Yeah. So that, that'll be interesting to see how the non-district schedules shake out in those two districts. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's fascinating to see. Uh, other things that I noticed in, in, in 6A, you know, we mentioned District 11, 6A. Um, 11, 6A, the District of Doom basically stays the same. Uh, you take a look at, at DeSoto, uh, dump, uh, still there with DeSoto, Duncanville, Cedar Hill. They add in Lancaster. Mansfield moves out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mesquite and Mesquite Horn move in. Mm -hmm. That is uh, that is noteworthy, certainly. Yes. So I, I thought Mansfield would go west. I did not think Mansfield would go into the into the district with North Crowley and those yeah. guys. I thought Mansfield would go in with Arlington. So a little bit of a curveball there. But Mesquite and Mesquite Horn, really surprising here. I started to hear some rumblings that maybe there was a possibility, and I, I thought about it. I was like, you know what? It is plausible if you move Mansfield out. They need three schools to replace them. Lancaster's one, obviously. Mesquite and Mesquite Horn are a natural fit. I think if you're Jacody Coleman and Skyline, you're really disappointed today. I think you had hopes that you would get 
taken out of that district. Yeah. Instead, Skyline remains in the district, and it gets tougher because a really talented Mesquite Horn gets uh, added into that district. So 11-6A, absolute meat grinder. Let's go to 5A Division One, and I want to talk a little bit about what we're do what we're seeing in Region 3, specifically District 11 and District 12, which are interesting for different reasons. Mm -hmm. District 11, if you map that out, it's kind of a, a Houston-like, I don't want to say leftovers. Outer Loop District. Kind Outer of, Loop. Kind of the kind of Grand Parkway District. It loops. That's a good way to put it. It's yeah, like on a toll yeah. road, basically. Yeah. Uh, there with Crosby, New Caney, Porter, LaPorte, right? I mean, you've got yeah. teams north and south of Houston together. And then District 12. Craig Way told me this. In a year where, a where an Austin team and a College Station team are reunited on the football field, mm -hmm. Austin and College Station are reunited. A&M Consolidated and College Station going over to play in teams like Austin Anderson yeah. and even going, even, even going south of Austin yeah. to Hayes and Kyle and Lockhart. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Co Consol and College Station had kind of been playing the North Austin, Georgetown, C Leander ISD schools. Now they're getting they're getting real off. They're getting into Austin with this yeah. district. So uh, the interesting thing about Region 3 and 5A Division 1 is the, is the construction of it. Now you've got, instead of two Houston districts, an Austin district, and a San Antonio district, you've got three Houston districts and an Austin district yeah. with, with Brazos Valley kind of sprinkled into the Austin district. So the composition of the, of the region has changed because the Austin district moves into Region 2 and the San Antonio district moves into Region 4 with the Corpus schools not opting up this time. Victoria East to San Antonio. Uh, yeah, that, that was the most plausible scenario yeah. for me in, in 5A Division One. I. I thought Victoria East would go into this region. I didn't see a scenario where Victoria would go all the way to Laredo or yeah. the Valley. Just didn't see it. I did see a potential Victoria East going into Houston. Yeah. But I thought this was the most likely scenario, and it happens. And it's a it's a tough district. It's a it's a it champion, a, Piper, yeah. Smithson Valley. Um, New Braunfels dropping down from 6A. Mm -hmm. we're, not, we're not talking about New Braunfels much because they don't have a head coach right now. But they're dropping from 6A. They're going to be a challenge. Wagner, also another tough athletic team and an up-and-coming Seguin squad as well. Yeah. Uh, let's drop to, to 5A Division II. 5A Division II, I mean, this, the big screaming headline we talked about it. The bombshell of, of realignment this year is Port Natchez Groves in Region 2. That's, to me, if there's one three-inch headline across the, the, the front page mm -hmm. of TexasFootball.com, it's Port Natchez Groves in Region 2. And if you're Liberty Hill, even though you're moving to Region 3, you probably like this a lot because yeah. Port Angeles Groves has beaten you in the state semifinals the last two times. Well, now you don't have to worry about them until a potential state championship because PNG is in Region 2. So that's interesting as well. Um, I think for, for PNG, it's, it's, it's surprising. Yeah. I think they're probably – they're very surprised right now. I talked to Jason Todd, South Oak Cliff, just a second ago. They're actually – they lost their week three game with Alito because Alito got put in a nine-team district. So week three, South Oak Cliff versus Longview. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Uh, yeah, South Oak Cliff versus Longview week three. How about uh, that? We're going to effort for live on TexanLive.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to effort. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, that, that's going to be – but, you know, so uh, Region 2, 5A Division 2, going to be really tough. There's no doubt about it. We're talking about PNG and Sock, but, you know, you, you forget. Montgomery Lake Creek. Montgomery Lake – Texarkana, Texas High is loaded next yes. year. Uh, Jerry Stanford's going to have a loaded ball club. They're going to be great. Um, Midlothian Heritage. Midlothian Heritage, a per perennial team that's been a fly in the ointment, always played South Oak Cliff tough. Region 2 still really, really tough in 5A Division 2. District 3, 5A Division 2. Argyle, Colleyville Heritage, your beloved Everman Bulldogs, Grapevine, the Colony, and the Mansfield Schools. And th this district, I think, t came about because of Joshua opting up. Yeah. Joshua opting up really threw some things off, and this is kind of a leftovers in, in, in the DFW because this district goes from Mansfield all the way to the Colony and Argyle. Yeah. A far-flung district and a brutal district. 
there's going to be two or three really good teams in this district that simply don't make the playoffs, yeah. and my Everman Bulldogs may be one of them. This Sadly. is a brutal district. Sadly. A um, sad day. By the way. Um, right, how are your Coppell Cowboys looking? Uh, you know, they, they got they, Louisville Denton. They they drop, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're now sticking. Let's they drop the Plano uh, Louisville, schools, they, right? they get Geyer. They drop the Plano schools, and they get Geyer and Braswell. And Little Elm, right? And Little Elm. Yeah. So, it's you a know, win for Coppell. Antonio Wiley's probably feeling pretty yeah, good about things. I'll wait till we get to 3A, but I'm going to need a Lano update. We'll, I, get, we'll, get, you a Lano. we'll, we'll get you a Lano. We'll get you a Lano, Lano you, update. You've been a bit, little busy. Wichita too. Falls, the two new schools, uh, Wichita Falls Legacy and Wichita Falls Memorial. Uh, we thought there was a chance they'd go to the DFW Metroplex. Instead, they swing west. They're going to be in a district with Amarillo Paladuro. Yeah, you know, that, 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 that's we kind of expect – this is where Ryder has been the last couple of alignments, so you kind of expected with adding a school they would just make a 17 district. Uh, not a huge surprise. They swap out Lubbock Cooper for Lubbock High. So it's a tougher it's a tougher district top to bottom adding Lubbock Cooper. Let me tell you, Wichita Falls Legacy is going to be a good ball club. Mark Bendel's ball club. Actually, it's le- I can't remember. But whichever one Bendel's at is going to be the, <laughs> the good one because uh, that, that's where most of the Ryder kids are um, going. I'll also tell you what's interesting. Um, like, I think that's another – Ripple effect of Joshua opting up. Memorial. He's, yeah, B- Memorial. Bindles at Memorial. Wichita uh, Falls Memorial. But, Keep an eye on that. But Joshua opting up kind of took it out of the, the UIL's hands. It gave them not as much flexibility mm-hmm. that I think probably removed the possibility yes. of them going to uh, to uh, going west, uh, east. Another thing, of uh, course, goes east. Eugene Rogers kind of, that's a yep. good scenario for them. District 6 5A Division 2. A tough district, but I think a, a district that Corsicana feels like they can compete for a playoff spot in. So I think if you're a Corsicana fan, you're very happy today. 4A Division One. Um, you know, you, you take a look at this at this uh, at, at the overall br- uh, breakdown. Um, you've got a couple of notable moves uh, here. Uh, for example, how about El Campo moving to Region Four into District Fifteen? El Campo 15. and Bay City and moving Bay to City. Region. If you're Bay City, you're, you've been the Bay City's been really good the last couple mm-hmm. of years. They just ha- couldn't beat. Tyler Chapel Hill and Kilgore, yeah. which not a lot of people are beating Tyler Chapel Hill and Kilgore in 4A. Bay City goes into Region 4. Region 4 all of a sudden has got an influx of super athletic football teams. Yeah. Iowa Colony? Uh, right? in, no, 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 they're in 4. They're in 5A. 5A. Oh, but gotcha. you, you add Bay City, El yeah. Campo, and Austin LBJ into Region 4 and 4A Division 1. All of a sudden, 4A Division 1, Region 4 got a lot more speedy, a lot yeah. more athletic, yeah. uh, which – San Antonio Davenport's the defending regional champions. They're going to be really good again. But this region got a lot tougher a lot quicker. Yeah, it, it most certainly did. For the most part, Region 3, more or less, aside from those those changes, kind of stays the same. Uh, my you laptop know, died. Yeah. I'm sad. Not, oh, no, I'm sorry. Sorry. You can look at my, my I, have a, I have a phone. Uh, 4A Division 2. Uh, one of the things we, we overlook, Carthage, which is always a threat to flip sides of the bracket, mm-hmm. they stay in District 8. They're not in a district with Gilmer and Pleasant Grove. A lot of chalk out there, 4A Division 2, East Texas, at least. Um, the, the, the fireworks are probably in Region 4, specifically the addition of Cuero. We can't stress enough how much of a big move that is, a, a, an immediate contender in Region 4. Yeah, also I think in Region 4, you got a four-team district, District 16. If you're Ruben Garcia, you're probably like, man, i got to find seven non-district games, but I'm in the playoffs. You're in the playoffs. So Kingsville moves down from Division 1 to Division 2 into a four-team district. I think this is a good move for Kingsville. I think they'll be very happy with this alignment. I think if you're in Region 3, you're, you, you you dodge the bullet with Carthage. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's fine. But you know what? I still got to deal with now China Spring, Lorena, and Waco La Vega. In addition to Waco Conley, and then you still got Jasper. Yep. You still got Silsby. You still got Belleville, who played for a state championship last year, looming around Region Three and Four A Division Two. Still going to be very tough. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, one thing to keep in mind. I wonder if uh, District Sixteen 
Push comes to shove. They do what the district out in West Texas in 3A does, where they do the double round robin? It could be. We could see a several four. There's a few four-team districts yeah. floating around out there. We could see several of them do that. Uh, to 3A Division One, we go. We talked a little bit about Malakoff moving over to District 7. That's pretty notable as well. Uh, let's give our Lano update. Lano, oh, District yeah. 13, 3A Division One with Florence, Tom Moore, Luling, Marion, and Universal City Randolph. Okay, so a lot of same district, about basically yeah, the same little, district. You yeah. get rid of Blanco. Yeah, Blanco will yeah. Blanco drop down. Yeah. Uh, there. I think this is good news for Lando. I think Randolph yeah. is going to be the team to beat. Ran the Rohawks yeah. are going to be tough, but man, you know, District I, I Twelve. Think I think it's a good thing for uh, for uh, Lano. I think, and then they match up the by district matchup. Uh, if you can avoid Jordanton, yeah, should be a pretty. Well, the rest of the pickles live in Luling, so we're going to have some family beef. I love going it. Oh now. heck yeah! <laughs> I love one, it. one notable thing: uh, Randolph and Cole, separate districts. districts. Yeah, okay. they're in separate districts. So the military bowl. Uh, Air Force versus Army will be played in non. I'm hoping they still play it. I don't know if they're going to play, but hopefully those two keep that rivalry. It's a special rivalry, and hopefully they keep they keep playing it. Uh, we talked about how uh, District Three uh, is is probably the District of Doom uh, there. I will tell you this: that uh, if you are Bushland, I feel like you're probably pretty happy overall. Uh, a four-team district. Mm -hmm. You got to find a lot of a lot of non-districts. Luckily, there's a four-team district yeah. right next to them, so yes. they could potentially have some non-district opponents. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, district 12, 3A Division One, a District of Doom, Columbus, Hallettsville, Hempstead, Hitchcock, Yoakum. Yeah, same district as last yep. time. Brutal, uh, brutal district. Uh, good luck. I'm, I'm sure Hitchcock's one of those teams having a real hard time filling finding six non-district games. We mentioned we mentioned three. We go to three A Division Two. We mentioned three A is pretty chalky. Overall, three A not a ton of changes here. Um, one thing that I think is is going to be interesting obviously some 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 high profile move ups toller moving in there and yeah you're moving up and and, and i think it's a manageable district yeah but i think you're going to deal with gunner yeah i think toller it, it's a win in district play i think they got a district they can compete in but region two all roads lead through gunner good luck with all that yeah absolutely everything else a lot of chalk there in region uh, in 3a division or 3a division two yeah, but again we go back ton. to, to yeah. district 13 13 3a division two is a true district of doom Blanco, Comfort, Lexington, Rogers, and Thrall. That's those by district matchups, thirteen and fourteen, yeah. are going to be a lot of fun. Because in District fourteen, you got East Bernard, Tidehaven, and an uh, industrial, and always tricky Van Vleck and Brazos. You, you could realistically, like, it's not hard to squint and see like Lexington and Vanderbilt Industrial in the first round. Yeah, I mean that's a real really good first certified banger yeah. in the first round. To two A Division one we go. We'll talk a little bit about two A Division one. Obviously, some changes out there in Region four. Central Texas moves to Region four basically mm -hmm. with. The set Crawford, Marlin moving over to Region 4. Um, you know, uh, Refurio goes, goes south. How yeah, about that? Refurio is always a swing school. They, they head south, which they've done in the past a, a time or two. I think their district is going to be a lot easier, but, you know, that, that – and I don't think they're going to play in non-district because they think they could play in the playoffs. Yeah. But Refurio and – you know, the weird thing is Refurio may go into the year not as the favorite in Region 4 yeah. because of everything that Ganado returns. Yeah. Uh, I will also tell you this. If you are in Region 2, we talked about, like, how there's, like, a vacuum in 3A Division 1 Region 1. How about 2A Division 1 Region 2? I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, shrug? I don't know Someone's going to win that region. I could see a team like Axtell yep. winning the region. Like, it's, I, it's, it's a total... It is a real toss-up. That opened up wide. Yeah. It, wide. Maybe maybe the, maybe it's the year of Tioga. I don't know. It, it's, Could it's, be. it's opened wide up in 2A in Division One. Uh, 2A Division One Region 2. Uh, I, I think uh, another tough district there, 2 2A Division One. Abernathy, New Home joining that district. Yes. There, Post is punching air right now. <laughs> po yeah, Post is improving, but they, uh, from you know, Floyd Data's, the, yeah. wor the whirlwinds are always uh, uh, a good. Here's another breaking non-district matchup for you. We're, we're going to get the, the snowball. 
Polar versus uh, Frost versus Winters in week <gasps> one. Let's go. Thir- life. Thursday night. Thir- it's a Thursday night game, too, you know in Hamilton. An opening night? Okay, well, I might have to be there. <laughs> Frost versus Winters. The Polar Bears versus the Blizzards. But here's, Let's go. Here's the best part about that. It will be 150. Oh, absolutely. I know. I know. That's what's great. literally the week I love one. It. Oh, yeah. We have to go. Yes. yes. <laughs> we have to go. Um, Yes, it's a, it's a very interesting game. Storms pickle because there's a storm yes, in Hamilton. Absolutely. Uh, were Timson and San Augustine always in the same district? Did I make that up? Uh, My brain might be mush. I don't know, but San Augustine's going to be a lot better next yeah, year. Yeah, they are. Garrison's uh, going to be good. Yep. San Augustine, it's a good district. I can't remember if Timson and San Augustine were in the same district last year or not. I think they Too were. much information. It's a tough, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, we're, we're, we're sorting s- through the data with you guys right now. Yes. Yes. We're going to say yes. <laughs> Two-way Division question, 2. With a question mark on the end, yes. Yeah, give me a one-shot of that. Yeah. Two-way yes. Division 2, uh, it's, it's, it's about Mart. That's the big headline here for two reasons. One, they do not flip sides of the bracket. Mm-hmm. Remember, they used to be District 8 for, for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, and, That's and, what we always watch yeah. for in two-way division. Where's yeah. Mart? Where's Mart? They stay in Region 3, but they are going to be joined by Chilton and Bremont. I mean, District's a lot tougher. For the, I wrote this on my, on my piece on TexasFootball.com. Mart, in the last two years, has gone 12-0 and in district play and beaten their opponents by a combined 668-41. to 41. Seems good. That's yeah. crazy. Okay. That's crazy. That will not happen in the next two years. I will say that. They will yeah. be much more battle-tested. I would say if you're Kevin Hoffman, yeah, bring it on. Like, yeah. this is something that you're this probably pretty pleased this with. This is yeah. a good thing for Mart. I think this is a good thing. They'll, they'll be a little more battle-tested. Really, Mart, for a lo- you know, outside of non-district, they don't get tested until the state semifinals. No. They probably got tired of us saying, oh, yeah, we forgot they were a team until, you know, week 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you mentioned it earlier when we were doing our instant reaction. District 4 and District 5 basically flipped. Mm-hmm. With Clarendon, Wellington, those teams now moving over to Region 2. Sure. And teams like Ira Ann, Wink, moving back out west. Which yeah. for Wink, you're, they're probably. Yeah. Oh, Brian Gibson's a very Oh, my gosh. I talked, to, I talked to Coach Gibson in Lubbock. He was like, I, I want a 16 district, and I want to be in Region 1. Chuck. And he got both. So, he got both. Yeah, because Wink. So, basically, District 4 and 5 have flipped the last three realignments where they Wink. The, district 4 was in Region 1 in 2020, 2021. And now they're going to be in District 4 and 24-25. And in 22-23, they were in Region 2. So they just kind of flip-flopped. Um, Texas Football. By the way, TexasFootball.com has all the alignments. You go to TexasFootball.com, uh, you can find all the alignments, every district up right now. I want to talk a little bit about Region 4. Um, we mentioned Fall City and, and Shiner. Um, sure. This is a very, you know, Burton remains in Region 4. They're going to be a problem uh, there. Uh, also, by the way, McDade. Uh, moving up. Uh, moving up from six-man football to play 11-man football. You have the rare eight-team district in yeah. 2A Division 2 in that, District 13 with Bartlett, Burton, Granger, Iola, McDade, I, uh, Snook, and Somerville. As somebody who has to lay out pages, yeah. that sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> An 18 district and 2A. Wait, so, so they got they got Granger and then got rid of Chilton then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Chilton went to March district March and they, yeah. they picked up yeah. McDade. Yeah, exactly. Uh, from, uh, it's a shake-up, but it's still a really yes, good exactly. district. Yes, uh, exactly. I'll zoom through some 1A thoughts uh, real quick. Uh, you know, when you take a look at six-man football in, in, in Class 1A, we mentioned Region 1 really got a glow up here. Borden County over to Region 1, Whiteface over to Region 1. Uh, that's going to be a problem. Buena Vista swings sides of the bracket as well. Uh, we've got some teams that I think have been fighting the, the, the six-man thing for a while that are going to play. Booker's going to play six-man ball. Boys Ranch is going to play six-man ball. Hamlin turned in a 1A number again, but they will play a 11-man ball. Um, that's certainly keeping an eye on. And then one team to keep an eye on in 1A Division 2. You may not have heard of them, but Pawnee 
Pawnee yeah. yeah. will be playing for the first time since 1978. Will Leslie Good Note be there? They're re yeah. they're, they're I need Leslie they, Note there. They are reinstating their football yes. program. With what, an enrollment of 26? 20, I think it's 25. 25, 25 is their enrollment. Um, uh, Six-man football always has some, uh, some, some movements there. One thing that's interesting, if you're interested in this kind of thing, they broke up Richland Springs and Cherokee basically to make room for Pawnee. Right. So for, for Cherokee, they move out of a district with, uh, with Richland Springs, but they're in with, uh, with Calvert, and uh, that will be uh, no fun, I do not think. So if you can find all the districts on TexasFootball.com. We're going to be breaking them down all throughout the course of the next weeks, months. Oh, yeah. We, all we've, the way got, up. we've got two months to talk about this. this place so. up. We, uh, you've got your, your winners and losers going up on the site right now? Yes, I sent that to Will uh, just now, actually. Yeah, and so it's, Will yeah. Wilkerson, if you're listening, it's in your email. <laughs> an, instant reaction, an instant reaction there. I've got 25 text messages already from coaches looking for games. And it's, it is. It's, we're one hour. We are rolling, baby. Yeah. It's one of the most – it is the most consequential day of the year. It's the only day of the Texas high school football calendar that impacts every single school. Absolutely. Plain and simple. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. Uh, one more thing before we go. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber texasfootball.com slash subscribe a year of exclusive online content uh, get on texanlive.com stream thousands of Texas high school events including hundreds and hundreds of Texas high school football games the winters and frost game will be live on texanlive.com alright well you just signed me up for that I would love that honestly God willing and the creek don't rise we'll get it you want to call it <laughs> oh I would call Buddy. it in a heartbeat <laughs> that'd be fun and the Hamilton superintendent already, already I, I, I've, got a, I've got a connection with the Hamilton superintendent and storms pre-game storms storms oh, we're man. In. Buddy this Look. might be this might be meant to be. Uh, you get three magazines, including our legendary summer edition. You get a, a year of Tep and Step at TexasFootball.com. Uh, that's our podcast. If you like what Steph and I have to yes. say, uh, go, well, go We're going to record on Monday, right? We're going to record uh, on Monday. Realignment, or a full hour plus of in, re a instant new, reaction. Yeah. A new realignment on Texan, yeah. uh, on, uh, of Tep and Step on, on Monday. Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. you got to figure it out. And I want to give a shout-out to uh, Ashley Pickle yes. and Mallory Hartley. They Absolutely. did an amazing job getting everything set up. Uh, this is a lot, a lot of moving parts. Uh, to get set up, so th those ladies did it, it, incredible work today. And Pickle got her revenge. Pickle got her revenge. revenge. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's going to do it for us here live from Birdville. Thank you to Birdville ISD uh, for being our host here. Thanks to Todd Dodge, head coach of the Lovejoy Leopards, and to Billy Mathis, head coach of Brock Eagles, for being our guests. For Matt Stepp and Ashley Pickle and Mallory Hartley and the entire Dave Campbell's Texas football team, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come, get, come get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for more Breakdown of UIL Realignment on Texas Football Today. Thank you.